Welcome to the show, folks. I'm Phil Pukowski. And I'm Tony Maiello. We're two cynical a-holes, and we're going to talk about stuff. Hey, Tony, how yes, are you Phil. sleeping these days? I'm not sleeping good at all! <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we got to hit the buttons quicker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we just talked about... Uh, it was only like three minutes. We talked about uh, Tony not being able to sleep, and I noticed I forgot to hit record. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I have trouble sleeping sometimes, and uh, it's 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 this it's the stuff that's on my plate. It's the work that that's looming. It's stuff I got to get done, and I sit there and I think about it. All right, don't sit. I lay down. Wide awake. What are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah. Nothing. I just moved myself in my chair. It sounds like it sounds like you're moving furniture. It's oh, very loud. The chair kind of creaks, but I can't hear it. I got these earbuds in. <laughs> so, is, are you thinking about uh, stuff? Is that what's keeping you up? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's uh, I think it's the medication I'm on. I think it's a new medication. Oh, there's a little cocaine in it. It's a little, yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of screwing with me a bit. Okay, I think You're I'm better situated. Me. Don't look. My my advice to everybody is don't be mentally imbalanced. Oh, it's a choice. Awesome. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a choice, just like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so what else is going on with you? Uh, staying indoors. Not doing much anything. Putting on weight. That's about all I'm doing is putting on weight. You know, we're staying home. We're eating out less. You know, we're we're not eating the the fast food. We're not we're not going out to eat. We're cooking at home, right. so we should be dropping the pounds. What is going on? It's because we're not moving. I mean, I, I was never big on exercising as it is, right? But I would go out and I'd walk places, and I'd go I'd go someplace and I'd walk, and I I was at least moving. Now, mm-hmm. the farthest I move is from my couch to my art table, which is maybe ten feet. See, I am moving. You know, we go on walks with the kids or, or hikes, and uh, I've been kayaking. So I don't, I don't get it. You're probably problem. more active now than you were before. I think so. I think you're right. It's, it's not reflective of my weight though. And you know what? I'm drinking less. Hmm. Which is amazing for me, considering I'm stuck in the house. Right. But you know. I'm not just, we're not just cooking, you know, I'll sit, I'll sit here and, uh, I'll scroll to, I'll scroll through YouTube or whatever. And it's like, Oh, that looks like a great coffee cake recipe. I've never made a fucking coffee cake in my life. And all of a sudden I'm making a coffee cake. Yeah. So we're eating, you know, coffee cakes and, 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 and new cookie recipes or or I'm making pizza and it's, you know, I'm trying all these new things or my wife is too and none of it is exactly uh 
uh, health conscious. Well, we, I, I see. I do a lot of cooking. I, I don't do any baking. I'm not a baker. And Steph, well, I'm not either. But you well, know, luckily, Steph, like Steph is a big baker, but she's working. She's working from home. She's still working her regular, you know, schedule. Right. So it's not like she has extra time. But when I cook, it's like you know what? Tonight we're gonna have, you know, I don't know what. Like the other night, I made. Uh, I made roast beef with roasted potatoes and carrots, and I made this thick, uh, savory gravy. And, you know, I spent time on dinner because I'm home and I'm bored. Right. And I think I'm making richer meals because I'm here all the time, you know? And I just, mm-hmm. it, it, it just gives me something else to do. I'm doing something different when I cook than what I've been doing the whole rest of the day. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think it's the same for us. I made you got a little more time to put into it, so I made cold sesame noodles the other day. Ooh, how was that? They were fucking phenomenal. <laughs> they came out perfect. Uh on Mother's Day, we actually ordered out. Sarah said she wanted sushi. Oh, nice. So, uh my first thought was you know, Sam's Club makes this nice big sushi tray. I'll pick up one of those and, you know, pick up some other things at Sam's Club. Now, I haven't been in a Sam's Club since this thing started because I know it's absolutely bonkers. I woke myself up out of bed <laughs> at 7.30, got dressed, got in the car, drove over to Sam's thinking... Store opens at uh, at nine. I'll get there early, so that way I'm not waiting in some stupid line. You know, it won't be too busy. I get there and I'm pulling up. I'm getting closer to Sam's Club, and uh, there's like two parking lots at our Sam's. There's one kind of like right around the corner, and one directly in front of the store. And uh, I like to park in the one that's kind of around the corner. And I, and I pull up, and I'm like fuck it's full maybe they're open already maybe maybe uh google was wrong about their uh what time they opened so i drove around drive around to the main parking lot there's a fucking line it 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 neighbors a best buy and then like a hot tub store at the end the line went all the way around the corner and i was like fuck that that's um I'll find a restaurant and order sushi. There's a uh, a butcher shop I go to called the Cattleman's. Yeah. In uh, Taylor. And I went there last week. I figured, you know, because I've, I've, I've been going grocery shopping every two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I usually buy all my meat over there. So the... Back when the this whole thing started, I had gone there and I had bought a bunch of stuff, and it wasn't so bad. I went there last week. There had to be seventy people standing online outside that place. That's because everyone's lost their mind. You know, yes. Tyson's closed down a uh, a factory. There's some other meat factories. There's going to be a shortage. We're being warned, so everyone's going nuts. It's crazy. It is absolutely toilet paper all over again. Yeah. So, I don't know. 
I think uh, I think we're gonna include some more vegetarian meals. Well, I joked when this all started. I joked about eating my neighbors. <laughs> I don't know how much of a joke that's gonna be anymore. It's gonna come to fruition. Yeah. Now hold on. You enjoyed your sesame noodles, right? Uh, they were no really meat. good. Yeah. There's no meat in that, right? No, there was no meat in it, but okay. I, I ate it with other things that had meat in it. Such as? Such as uh, pork dumplings and, uh, and, and pork buns. Got it. I very rarely have meals without meat. We have instituted, uh, a couple of months ago, we started doing meatless Mondays. Right. And so I try to do one meal a week with no meat. And occasionally I'll I'll do a meal that has fish instead of like beef or pork. Or well, chicken. theoretically, there's a lot of benefits to that. Well, yeah, there are. And not just for for you and in 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 health reasons, but also um uh environmentally. Like if people would adopt a meatless Monday or like just not eat meat one day a week, we would lessen uh, carbon emissions a lot. What, just more farts? <laughs> no, uh, um, animal farming creates a lot of carbon emissions. Yeah, but you know, they, they have the carbon emissions from their farts. So if we eat them all, they'll stop doing that. I guess so. <laughs> See, every time I eat a burger, I'm saving the planet. Uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So, um, hold on. Yes. I gotta tell you something. Okay. You know what I gotta tell you? What do you have to tell me? When I meet someone. Or uh, I'm introduced to someone, and um, they're given my name, or, or my name is mentioned. Hi, I'm Bill, or hey, this is Bill. Three things happen, Uh-oh. okay? One of three things happens, I should say. One, one is, hi, nice to meet you, which is fine. That's usually what happens. Right. But then I get one of two things. Um, that also might happen. And um, I, both of those things include a serenade. I get serenaded. <laughs> they start singing. They're Why so excited you... to meet me, they start singing. Who would be excited to meet you? Uh, everyone. How, so, how much brain damage do they have? What are you talking about? People love me. Ugh. Um, the first is... Well, I guess the first one is not so much a song. They uh, they they start going, "Oh no, Mr. Bill!" Oh, and you know, God. the old Mr. Bill show, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah. I'm sorry. There, there's four things. The other one is uh, the "Don't Mess with Bill" song. You know, "Don't Mess with Bill." Don't know it. Never heard it. But the other song that is sung to me is this one. Steps to get to this Capitol building here in Washington. Well, I wonder who that sad little scrap of paper is. 
I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the Capitol City. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday. At least I hope and pray that I will. But today I am still just a bill. So that is sung to me quite often. I sang along with that whole thing. I just want you to know that. <laughs> well, uh, I do enjoy Schoolhouse Rock immensely. Schoolhouse and, Rock uh, was one of the greatest things of my generation. And I think if something like – if they had continued doing that, uh, our, uh, our, our school-age children would have been better off. Well, I think we will talk about that a little bit on how um, – what – People thought they were doing good in the world by limiting uh, cartoons or putting regulations on cartoons. Yeah, uh, was a good thing in shaping uh, young minds. Uh, my argument is going to be the complete opposite. Yes, no, my argument is the exact same thing because uh, they didn't, they weren't, uh, they weren't helping. They were stifling. They were, they were stifling imagination. They were stifling creativity. And then it went from there so far as somebody who worked with with uh, children in elementary schools and spoke to the teachers about what was allowed and what wasn't allowed when it came to superheroes, they essentially tried to prevent little boys from behaving like little boys. And it what? was just a terrible, it was just awful, awful. So let's bring the audience up to speed and, okay. and let them know why we're talking about what we're talking about. Um, Today's topic, ladies and gentlemen, is <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons. Ah, I absolutely loved, loved Saturday morning cartoons. I lived oh, yeah. for Saturday morning cartoons. Yep. You know that 80s song, Working for the Weekend? Uh-huh. I felt like that as a child. I went to school. Uh, I helped around, around around the house. But Saturday mornings, the weekend, was mine. Saturday morning was all about being a kid. It was all uh-huh. for the kids. My, so, parents, uh, my parents didn't... I, they didn't ask me to do anything. It was like they respected the 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 reverence that was Saturday morning cartoons. Well, if, if my mom wasn't uh, working on Saturday morning, she was sleeping in because she didn't have to work on Saturday morning. So I was usually good. Good to go. Um, but the, I, was gonna, I was just going to read this real quick from uh, Wikipedia for people out there. We might have some millennials that don't understand the Saturday morning cartoon since it no longer really exists. And that's why millennials are such dickheads. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, A Saturday morning cartoon is a colloquial term. uh, The original animated television programming that was typically scheduled on Saturday mornings in the United States and on the major television networks. The genre's popularity had a broad peak from the late 1960s through the early 1990s. 
After that point, it declined. In the face of changing cultural norms, increased competition from formats available at all times, and heavier regulations. In the last two decades of the genre's existence, Saturday morning cartoons were primarily created and aired to meet educational television mandates, or EI, minor television networks, in addition to the non-commercial PBS and some markets, continue to air animated programs on Saturday while partially meeting those mandates. So Saturday morning cartoons was a huge part of life uh, between the 60s and the early 90s. Oh, yeah. Uh, One of the saddest days for me was when I turned on NBC on Saturday morning and they had Saturday Today instead of cartoons. Now, what year is this? This was in the 90s. This was in the early 90s. Now... Aren't you an adult? This might have even been. This might have even been in the late '80s. No, it wasn't in the late '80s. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to let the audience know that you were watching cartoons way. I, too I, much. I look. I'm 51 years old. I still watch cartoons. I have <laughs> cartoons on right now while we're recording this podcast. What are you watching right now? Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I've never watched an episode of that. Oh my god, it's so good. 50 percent of my viewing. As a, as an an elderly gentleman, fifty percent of my television viewing is cartoons. <laughs> so what are we gonna do for the folks today, Tony? Well, today uh, we are each gonna run down our list of our personal top ten favorite Saturday morning cartoons. Now I I did, I did some extensive research. As did I. Uh, to you know, I wanted to go. I my original plan was I wanted to run through what my 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 favorite uh, schedule would have been from seven a.m. until one p.m. My favorite schedule of cartoons would have been. But you can what remember I f- this? Oh yeah. Well, I I I found I found websites that had that had listings, but. Now, the, now the, see, I also did a lot of research, and it was very difficult for me to find um, differentiations between Saturday morning cartoons and maybe cartoons that I watched during the week before or after school. See, now, so I, I, I found that very easily, but what was difficult was the markets. I was in New York, mm-hmm. so the New York market was different than the Detroit market. The Detroit market was different from like the Los Angeles market. So all these big markets, they all aired shows at different times. So Mm -hmm. like all the listings I found all had uh, the Super Friends in the afternoon. I always watched the Super Friends early in the morning. As did I. So, and uh, there were a lot of live action programs that were on in New York, but they were on Sunday mornings, not Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. So it was it was weird, but but I, being who I am and having the recall that I have, I was lucky enough to remember certain shows which aired on Saturdays, certain shows which aired on Sundays. I can even remember distinct time slots when I used to watch these shows, because I knew that's when I ate my cereal, that's when I was getting ready to go outside or whatever, and 
I mean, to a degree, I can remember some of that stuff. A lot of these cartoons, I can't remember if, again, I can't remember if I watched them actually on Saturday morning or during the weekday. So um, I have, I have a cartoon list, and then I have uh, uh, backup choices that I know for a fact were Saturday mornings and not any other time. I gotta tell you. This was probably the most daunting task I've encountered since we started this podcast. <laughs> I am, I lived for cartoons when I was a kid, you know? Oh, yeah. It, it was everything to me. I didn't have, like I said um, uh, previously in, in, in shows, I didn't have access to, to comic books or, or even just regular books that kids would read at a young age. And uh, cartoons was it for me. Uh, Saturday morning was oh, was such a joy. And 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 I'm not a morning person at all. I never have been. No, but me neither. Saturday morning rolled around when I was a kid. I was up at the crack of dawn. Oh yeah, my my mom had to fight to get me out of bed in the morning, uh, to go to school. Saturday morning, I was up at six thirty. Yep. Yep. Same here. Okay, so um, what's your typical routine on a Saturday morning before the TV is even on? What was I? What was my routine before? Yeah, the yeah. TV? I had no routine before the TV was on. I got up and I turned on the television. Oh no, I had it. I, it was always I, I. I got up. I uh, re- well, actually, I got up. I'd run to the TV. I would turn it on. And uh, I wouldn't be able to watch it right away, but I'd be able to hear it while I fixed myself a bowl of cereal. Uh-huh. And I had to have uh, a giant, the, the biggest bowl I could find. Because <laughs> uh, that bowl of cereal had to last you like an hour and a half. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and uh, that cereal was probably either um a captain crunch or a fruity pebble type cereal uh we didn't something I didn't, nice and sweet i wasn't allowed sugar cereals when i was a kid so it was always oh, uh, cheerios or or, or cornflakes oh i was my um yeah uh the cereal aisle was a big treat for me when i was a kid and Unless, i basically got to put whatever in the cart if i was at grandma and grandpa's house i got to eat lucky charms and um our cereal choices uh uh, varied a lot and it, it all varied on uh, which one had the better prize inside. Yes, yes. Something that's also lost today. Yeah. Uh, so I would have a huge bowl of cereal, sit down, start uh, start watching TV and those bowls would collect underneath the couch. <laughs> My mom used to get so, so angry with me. And they would either be under the couch or under the coffee table or, you know, wherever I can just shove it just to get it out of the way. Just so you didn't have to get up and bring it to the kitchen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing's changed with you. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, we're doing top 10, correct? Top 10. Yes. Okay. And uh, we'll go number by number or... Uh, do you want to go first with your entire list since you're older than me? Uh, I mean, I kind of like the number by number. Yeah, let's thing. go number by number. Let's go back and forth. Okay. 
so we'll count them down to our top. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Did I make sure I, let's make sure I put them in the right order? Although, yes, I did. Okay. Um, we're from different uh, uh, cartoon-watching generations. Yes, we I are. I think we might have overlap. What's that? I think we might have a little bit of overlap. We will have, we'll definitely have a little bit of overlap just because we both are into a lot of the same things. Right. Um, but I think there's going to be some cartoons on my list that uh, might not have aired when you were watching. Probably. I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of the stuff in the seventies went into syndication and, you know, that some of the stuff I grew up, I knew were, Although it was the 80s, I knew that I was watching a 70s cartoon. Oh, yeah? You, you could tell? Oh, yeah. Scooby-Doo, for instance, I knew was not of my time. I mean, right. you had Batman and Robin and the Globetrotters who were not, you know, big 80s staples or the Monkees or whoever was guest star. Home Globetrotters. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mama Cass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, these weren't household names for me. <laughs> and, uh, but I did love me some fucking Scooby-Doo. Is that your number 10? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm waiting uh, for you to start. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, my number 10. What? Okay. With Hong Kong Fooey. Hong Kong Fooey. Now, Hong, um, Hong Kong Fooey was a dog. Uh, his name was Penrod Perry Pooch, and he was the janitor at a police station. His sidekick was a cat named Spot, and his sidekick is usually the one that would uh, solve the case or uh, did what needed to be done for Hong Kong Fui to solve the case. Uh, <laughs> but it was always... There was always some sort of dopey shenanigans. Uh, let's see. I have a, I have a little bit of a description here. Uh, uh, Hong Kong Fui, he would disguise himself as Hong Kong Fui by jumping into a filing cabinet despite always getting stuck. And then he would get unstuck with the help of his pet cat spot. Uh and once disguised, he would get equipped with his Fooey-mobile. And the Fooey-mobile would transform into a boat, a plane, or a telephone booth, depending on the circumstances of what he needed. Uh, I, don't rem- I don't remember the Fooey-mobile. You don't remember the Fooey-mobile? Oh, so and, and in order to activate the Fooey-mobile, he would karate chop a gong. <laughs> well, I remember that. And, and uh, if you remember, into... he was voiced by Scatman Crothers, who took an axe in the back from Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Oh, yes. Yeah. I hear that now, as soon as he said it. And that that only aired for uh, just a, a few months, uh, from September of 1974 to December of uh, 74, and then it everything else was rerun. So there's only like 13 or so episodes of that cartoon. Really? Yeah. I remember that. 
I remember that. Uh, oh, because uh, it was it was rerun in seventy six, seventy eight, and eighty one. Wow. Nice. I remember watching that. Again, I don't remember the mobile. I remember the cat uh, sidekick. I remember the gong and the chop. Right. And uh, his uh, his superhero uh, outfit was nothing more than a karate gi. Right. It was a gi, right. <clears throat> My number 10 It may not be as exciting for our listenership because uh, I think um, the last time I looked at our stats, uh, we have 100% male listenership. Really? None of our female friends are listening to us, just so you know. Wow. Um, and they're all, uh, or not all, but uh, there's a large uh, demographic of, uh, uh, what was it, 30 to 44, something like that. Anyways, my number 10 pick is The Smurfs. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. Uh, Now, I do have more uh, manly choices, if you want to call them that. I mean, keep in mind, I'm still a little (laughs) kid here watching these. But, you know, I shared a household with my sister. And uh, it's not like today, folks. We had one TV in the house. Um, and early on, we didn't even have a, a remote to this thing. So it was important on what you chose to watch because you were stuck with it. But anyways, my number 10 pick is the Smurfs. Now the Smurfs, uh, started in 1981 and ran for nine seasons. Wow. Smurfs is based on these little blue creatures, people type creatures that were small there were uh, said to be three apples high. Uh, they had a leader called Papa Smurf, who was kind of Santa Claus looking. Uh, he was 543 years old. So a ton of little blue male figures and one girl in the whole bunch, Smurfette. Now there's plenty of jokes about little boy little blue people all sleeping with the same girl so to speak but uh at the time at the time in 1981 especially in 1981 i'm what four five years old i'm not thinking about that no it was just a fun cartoon the the smurfs were constantly being heckled by uh gargamel uh a, a wizard type person wanted to eat them or use use them in spells or something along those lines and uh he had a a mean cat asriel and then the main smurfs are obviously uh papa smurf smurfette you had hefty uh jokey uh i don't know a bunch of different uh smurf types and they and they all had a personality so um Hefty was this like bodybuilding smurf or whatever jokey, you know, would give uh, people exploding presents. It was always pretty good. Um, a, a nice little moral to the story usually to be learned. And uh, good versus evil, a little comedy, uh, lighthearted, <clears throat> young viewership watching for sure. Now, did you ever watch the Smurf? How old are you in 1981? 
1981, I was 11. Okay. You could have watched the Smurfs. I did. I, I, uh, I watched it when my sister watched it. If my sister wasn't around to watch the Smurfs, uh, it wasn't on. Mm. But it got to the point, uh, like, you know, I was, I was king shit in my house for the longest time. And then my sister wanted to have, like, equal time with the TV. So one half hour I got to pick a show, one half hour she got to pick a show. So I would always pick an hour program because she didn't know how to tell time yet. <laughs> Once she could tell time, I was screwed. That's funny. Because she, like she used to watch uh, cartoons like Shirt Tales and Manchichi. Yes, and, yes. Yeah, very girly uh, stuff. Now I watched uh, Shirt Tales. I watched the Munchie. I watched I watched Shirt Tales. I enjoyed Shirt Tales. Shirt Tales were fun. Uh, I have a list. Bogey here. the monkey. But I <laughs> hated Munchichi. <laughs> I, I I didn't watch Munchichi's a lot. Um, that was very early, so that had to be eighty eighty one, and I don't think it lasted nearly as long as uh, the Smurfs. No, it it was uh. It was one year, one year I believe, and it was done pretty much just to sell toys. Well, that's just about every cartoon. Well, I think uh, early on, like in the seventies, they they were done to entertain children, and then they realized, hey, we can push stuff on these kids with these cartoons. No, you're right. Um, in the eighties. Um, there's a reason the government got involved. There's a reason regulations came down, and it, and that's exactly it. They were oh, using yeah. these commercials, or they were using these cartoons as commercials for these toys. Um, but I will argue that it was worth it. Those uh, those cartoons uh, instilled. Uh, listen, I grew up without a dad for the most part. You know. I didn't have a strong male figure in my <clears throat> in my life constantly. My mom was working. Uh, and, you know, I think I grew up with a good sense of morals and, uh, um, you know, the, the knowing what's right and wrong, knowing uh, good and bad. You've got <clears throat> and a lot of that here. comes from these cartoons. Yeah. You and know? That, was, that was one of my biggest problems. When uh, when I would teach art classes at the elementary school, they wouldn't let like they didn't want the kids to draw uh, the good guy and the bad guy fighting. I said, "Why not?" And they said, "Because fighting's not good. You know, if fighting, they shouldn't fight. Nobody should fight." I said, "But it's it's a a cartoon. It's not real violence. It's it's make believe violence." I said, and, and that's a way for children to work out conflict by having good triumph over evil. They wouldn't let them play superheroes in the playground. Like the kids couldn't play Superman and Batman, and they just they weren't allowed. Right. So they were their creativity and their imaginations were very stifled. I think some of that has changed now, but. Um, it was, it, it was 
interesting. I ran, I would run a class. Um, I think it was eight weeks out of the, the year where I taught the, the kids how to make a comic book. And it was, it was difficult to run the class and fit it into the, the, the school's mandates. So it was very interesting times. You know, these silly cartoons and, and, you know, they're silly, sure. But you had such heroic people in these, in, in these shows, you know, there was always a strong leader type um, with, with a great sense of moral values. If you watch cartoons nowadays, they're fucking asinine. Oh, they're awful. They're awful. It's just stupid, ridiculous characters doing stupid, ridiculous things. Exactly. There's, there, there's, there's no, no moral compass. Moral. There's nothing. No. no. All I, right. I think modern day cartoons are what killed Stanley. <laughs> okay. okay. Give me your nine. My number nine is a cartoon called Space Sentinels. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Originally, it was called The Young Sentinels, but midway okay. through, they changed it to Space Sentinels. Uh, it was done by Filmation Studios and it aired in 1977. And uh, it had essentially just Greek and Roman deities uh, Hercules, Mercury, and Astra. And they were. They were teenagers who were taken from Earth and given these powers and immortality, and in exchange they were the Sentinels for Justice. So, uh, I, I think uh, I think Hercules flew on Pegasus, and uh, okay. it was just I, I, it fit it fit the superhero mold. I've you know I've always been a superhero guy, and right. and this was just another superhero cartoon. Well, 1977 was my birth year, so you'll have to excuse me if I, I didn't watch that one. You know what? Um, I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy this DVD, and we're gonna watch it. And I guarantee I'm gonna look at it and go, "Wow, this is pretty crappy." <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, there's uh, there's an app called uh, Tubi on uh, the Roku. Yeah. And uh, so it's you know it's like Netflix or whatever, but it's free. And they have a nostalgia category, and it's all these older cartoons. Oh, so I'll man. watch some of this older stuff with hope, because I'm, you know, I can only watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse so much. Or... I know, right? God. So I'll put on like He Man, and I'm like, oh man, this does not stand the test of time. No. At all. Ugh. You gotta, you gotta uh, hear Dennis. Uh, uh, the guy that owns Wonder World Comics, uh, talk about the story of how He-Man was developed. Or, or no, not He-Man. Yeah, no, He-Man and Big Jim. It's two separate stories. But you got to hear the story because he he was, uh, like, he worked as an assistant for a, a lot of years to Marty Abrams, who started Mego Toys. Mm-hmm. And so he knew all this stuff about the toy industry and he had met all these, all these people and he has got some great stories. Uh, hmm. well, you, I, I would, I really love to interview him sometime for the show. It would be fascinating. That'd be cool. Yeah. 
So, okay, what's your what number were, nine? What was your number nine again? It was uh, Young uh, Space Sentinels. Space Sentinels. Okay. So my number nine is another lighthearted cartoon. And I don't know if I'm listing these as I get, uh, you know, through age or whatnot. Um, but uh, I do remember this cartoon fondly. Okay. And it made my list. It, uh, it came out in 1983 and it ran for eight seasons. And that was Alvin and the Chipmunks. Wow, yes. So Alvin and the Chipmunks was uh, another great cartoon series. He had uh, three chipmunk brothers that were taken in by uh, this music producer. I think producer or writer. Yeah, music Dave. writer. And uh, the chipmunks could sing well. So you had Alvin, you had Simon, and you had Theodore. And, uh, you know, although they were supposed to be chipmunks, you know, the size of your palm, they were drawn to scale with children. Maybe a little bit shorter, but, you know, much bigger than than reality. And uh, there was always some type of little moral moral thing to the show. Um, and it was fun. It was lighthearted. And again, something, uh, something I could enjoy at that young age. Uh, my sister could watch it. And uh, I'll, I'll still watch like um, the holiday special or whatnot. And I can even watch those stupid uh, remake movies with the kids. Oh, you, you, what, you, you enjoy those? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say I enjoy them, but I can tolerate them. Oh, okay. I, I didn't think the first one was, was too bad. Um, uh, which yeah. I think had uh, Jason Lee in it. Yep, he's in both of them. Oh, is he? Okay. Yep. But that's my number nine. Okay. Short and okay. sweet. My number eight... My number eight was Valley of the Dinosaurs. <laughs> was that a claymation type thing? No, it was it was animation. Uh, it, was, okay. it was a cartoon. It ran from September to December of 1974. And then it was rerun from 77 to 83. And a quick synopsis of this story is... Science professor John Butler and his family uh, are on a rafting trip along the Amazon River when their raft hits a rock and capsizes. They are swept through a, a cavern and caught in a whirlpool. Upon resurfacing, they find themselves in a mysterious realm where humans coexist with various prehistoric creatures including dinosaurs. This wasn't live oh, action? No, this was you're thinking of Land of the Lost. But very similar setup, right? It's ex, it's almost exactly the same. <laughs> almost exactly the same. Uh, the butlers befriend a clan of Neanderthals and do what they can to make the Neanderthals daily lives easier, such as uh, creating simple machines 
particularly the lever and wheel, sailboats, and windmills. So they <laughs> civilize cavemen while fighting off dinosaurs. Interesting. Now it what is year? very similar. This cartoon is very similar to Land of the Lost, which, which came was first. also on Saturday mornings. Um, I believe Land of the Lost came after the cartoon. Hmm. Um, and, and Land of the Lost ran was live action ran for three seasons, and it aired. Um, around noon. Usually, I think it ran between like 11 and and noon in the New York market anyway. Um, I didn't include it because it wasn't a cartoon. It was live action. Hmm. Um, But I used to watch that every week. I loved Land of the Lost. And that's probably why I love Valley of the Dinosaurs. I just, I like dinosaurs and I liked dinosaurs chasing people and the mayhem that would ensue animation style. (laughs) Uh, Somewhere, though, I do have uh, the Land of the Lost DVDs. Oh. Which I I love that show. Uh, I I would say I was not a fan. Really? Because it was so campy looking? Um... I had a, a huge disdain for anything live action on Saturday morning. You had a what? I disdain. I, I, I loathe the fact that they would put something live action on oh. during my cartoon <laughs> time. Kind of mm. like kind of like when Adult Swim has live action shows now. Does it? I don't know. Yeah, they do. It's disappointing. <laughs> um my number eight is He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. That was not a Saturday morning cartoon. Now, hold on. Are you sure? I'm positive. Because it was everything on after else... school. Uh, it used to run at like 4 o'clock or 4.30 or something like that. Everything I've looked at does not support you. It's really? on every. It's on every Saturday morning cartoon list that I've found. Um, but I did have a backup for it in case this happened because I also thought it ran in the afternoon, but I couldn't be sure. So, see, my backups will not fall into, um, proper order, but I do have a backup. So. Um, but if I had to choose an order, He-Man would fall at eight. Okay. And just real quickly, uh, 1983, two seasons, which I was surprised to see that it only lasted two seasons. Yeah, I thought it was longer than that. Uh, when he holds the magical sword of power and utters the words, by the power of Grayskull, Prince Adam transforms into Eternia's greatest champion, He-Man, who uses his powers to, to defend the realm from Skeletor and his evil forces. Now, 1983, I am uh, three, six years old. I am the prime age for, for fucking He-Man. This, this was my jam. I loved this <laughs> cartoon. I loved the toys. Um, I've purchased toys as an adult 
of He-Man. It was just a great cartoon. But you know, as I said uh, earlier, side note, uh, the, the He-Man convention this year has been canceled, but well, you can purchase the exclusive toys for the show. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, I'll, find, uh, and, I'll find the link and I'll send it to you. And for those of you who want to know what that con is called, it's called PowerCon. That's it, PowerCon. Yes. Um, but I I love that show. The, the each character was so colorful and different. You had He Man, you had Man at Arms, you had Tila, you had the Sorceress, you had Skeletor, you had Trapjaw, Beast Man, Merman. Oh, I can just keep going on and on. I mean, it was great. Is it great today? Eh, not so much. My my Doesn't five-year-old loves it. My five-year-old daughter loves it. It was so popular back then that uh, it they 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 did a girly version of it called She-Ra, his sister. But I have a backup if if people don't want to include that as a Saturday morning cartoon. I have Mr. T. Okay. Mr. T came on NBC. Uh, Mr. T was very popular. You know, you had the A-team going. You, uh, he was, uh, he was uh, in Rocky. He was, he was in the WWF. I mean, he was everywhere. And the cartoon took Mr. T and a group of, um, they were like gymnast, gymnastic. Uh, yeah, I think, it was, I think it was a gymnastics team. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they would just kind of solve mysteries or fight crime or, or whatever it was. But I, I do remember that fondly. Uh, I might have even watched it over a bowl of Mr. T cereal once. <laughs> oh, that's so meta. <laughs> um, but again, uh, my backups do not fall into any chronological order or... Uh, um, any type of order. They're just there to, as a backup. So, number seven for you, sir. Okay, number seven for me is Scooby-Doo. Ah. Now, specifically, my favorite was the original Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Okay. Uh, I liked the monsters. I liked them solving the mystery. I, mm-hmm. You know, I liked them every week being chased by a different ghost or, or whatever. Um, but I did like all the other Scooby-Doo's with the Scooby-Doo with, uh, the Blue Falcon, the Scooby-Doo with, uh, the Laugh Olympics, Scooby-Doo with his, the Scooby-Doo and Friends with the guest stars, uh, all of them. Uh, Scooby has always been, uh, entertaining the, the pairing of him and Shaggy with their goofy stoner antics. And uh, even now, there's a new uh, Scooby-Doo movie coming out, uh, which will be going uh, uh, streaming on some service. But my wife is a big fan of Scooby-Doo, and she's like, oh, we got to watch that. And I'm like, okay. So I was going to ask I'm you, are you down. excited about it? Have you seen the trailer? I saw the trailer. You know... So you know that the Blue Falcon's in it? and I, I love the Blue Falcon. I thought the Blue Falcon was cool. But uh-huh. Dynamut always pissed me off because he was always like comedic. He was the comedic sidekick that screwed right. everything up. And the, I thought the Blue Falcon could be a, a really cool hero, except he mm-hmm. had Dynamut screwing everything up. 
Um, yeah, we're excited about the new movie. I'm actually, as you're talking about all this, I'm staring at all of Hope's uh, Scooby-Doo toys. Oh. Hope really got, or I got her into Scooby-Doo. There's a newer version of it uh, streaming on Netflix. So I'm like, I'll watch this over anything else right now. So let's watch Scooby-Doo. And she really got into it. So for Easter, I got her some toys. She really loves them. So when her birthday rolled around, I went and got uh, more toys for her. I had some old uh, Scooby-Doo plushies in my studio. I'll have to dig them out for her. You know, it just so happened that they put out a 50th anniversary series of toys. Oh, did they? Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to get her this shit. But if anyone out there listening, she w- I have not been able to get her Daphne. Daphne's the only one she's missing. And what is it, a, uh, an action figure? It's an act. It's um, these. This new line of toys is is perfect, Tony. You would love it. Uh, so you get uh, a character. So you pick a character, and that character. It's a two pack. Okay. All of them are two packs. They all come with a monster. Oh wow! So you get you get you buy Fred with the van. Um, you get Shaggy, and he comes with a monster. You get Scooby, he comes with a monster. You get um, Velma, monster. So I'm missing. Uh, Daphne, Daphne comes with the Wolfman. Oh, cool. And uh, these, the action figures are great. She loves them. And she, you know, to watch that over, you know, whatever princess show she she would normally want to (laughs) watch. You're happy. Exactly. Scooby-Doo is great. Uh, It was always fun. It was lighthearted. But, you know, there was some elements of mystery or supernatural and even as a kid you it would excite you you know you don't know you know they're ghost stories that little kids can handle yeah and it precursors just about everything i watch today anyway whether it's buffy the vampire slayer or supernatural yeah Yeah, it was uh it was your first your first taste of uh of you know monsters hunt you know hunting monsters supernatural type stuff or even though it was it was always make-believe it was always somebody in disguise who was you know tricking everybody uh right it still was you know as a kid that was your your, really your first taste of well for most kids my first taste of monsters were monsters now i do watching horror films when i was like three uh i do have a scooby-doo uh, on this list it's not that one and it's only because i know for a fact i didn't watch it on saturday mornings um i watched it uh right before school um so your that particular version was in syndication and i would watch it on mornings during the weekdays yeah i remember so, getting up uh getting up in the morning early before school sometimes and catching that uh before i had to get dressed I remember we had one of those giant uh, TVs that were, was like uh, a piece of furniture. It was like a, uh, it was wooden. It had a big tube in it. Uh, and it was this giant like piece of furniture television, right? Well, my mom had kept plants on top of it. Okay. And uh, my cousins were staying the staying for the weekend or something. And my older cousin... Uh, she watered the plants on there, and I guess overwatered it, and water got into the back of the TV. Oh. 
And uh, I remember our TV not working. We didn't get any picture, but we still got sound. So I remember sitting there before school listening to an episode of Scooby-Doo, not being able to watch it. Oh, man. Um, so my number seven, are we ready to move on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, my number seven is another gray area one. Um, it is definitely listed as a as a, a Saturday morning cartoon, but I can't remember if I watched it Saturday mornings or school time, and that's GI Joe. That was that was also after school. See, I thought so, but then I also remember waking up for it. Really? See, maybe here it was different. Maybe here in Michigan it was different. But in New York, that was a that was an after school one. So GI Joe is great. Uh, for me, uh, the love of GI Joe comes more from the toys than the cartoon. I enjoyed the cartoon, but uh, a GI Joe was such an easy toy to get because you oh, know you're yeah. going shopping with your mom, and um, you know my mom. Uh, I didn't grow up rich. We were actually close to poor, if anything. And if I were to walk up to her with like this $20 transformer, she would laugh at me. <laughs> but uh, if I walked up to her with a $3 G.I. Joe or $3 Star Wars figure, I had a chance. I had a fighting chance. So uh, G.I. Joe was it for me. I, I really enjoyed the toys that way. So because of that, I really enjoyed the cartoon. Um, and, and it gave me a storyline for my toys anyway. Um, it's it's military based, terrorist based. Uh, GI Joe, the great American hero. Um, I love the cartoon. Again, nice, uh, strong characters, good moral values, and then the villains were almost, you know, they gave them opportunities to be more buffoonish than anything. So again, it's something that a kid can watch and not be afraid of or, or not scratch his head too much about and think about real terrorism. Right. So, um, but I do have a backup in case uh, people don't want to buy that. Um, and that is Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. Now, um, I wasn't a huge fan of the cartoon, but when it was on, I did watch it. I... I uh, I hated breaking reality, like the, that these kids got to come in and then be these things, right? And they would, you know, they wouldn't be actually be the barbarian, or they wouldn't actually be the sorcerer. They would just dress, you know, like it. act act the part basically in this in these scenarios. Which I get the premise, I understand it, um, but I think I would have enjoyed that cartoon more if it was a real barbarian, a real paladin you know, Archer. Right. But I, uh, uh, I did enjoy it. The fact that, um, that it was put into cartoon form. Um, I, I did, I did, uh, I did like that. That, uh, Dungeons and Dragons actually, I had listed as honorable mention. I, uh, I haven't, uh, I've got pages filled with fucking cartoons, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a list where we, Silver we could talk about this for, Probably the whole weekend. I have a list here. These, these are cartoons that didn't make my list. Silverhawks, Bionic 6, 
Muppet Babies, Droids, Casper the Friendly Ghost, Underdog. I had such turmoil over not putting Underdog on my list. <laughs> oh, okay, back to you. Okay, uh, where are we? Number six? Yeah. Uh, Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Tarzan ran for two seasons, and then he was teamed with Batman, and it became the Batman-Tarzan Adventure Hour. What? Like, together or separate stories? There were separate stories. It would be a Batman was the first half hour, and Tarzan was the second half hour. And okay. it was just repeats. It was just, it was repeats of the Tarzan cartoons with Batman cartoons onto it, but they would package it as one show. Got it. And it was, you know, typical Tarzan uh, having to fight some poacher or whatnot. Uh, it's a, in many ways, this series was the most faithful of all the screen-based adaptations of Edgar Rice Burroughs' Tarzan books. Uh, it featured the Lost City. Uh, it was done in rotoscope, so you, you got a, a you know big uh, view of of uh, you know Africa or you know the cities wherever he was. the The way they filmed where they filmed the cartoon, it gave you the most coverage. Now, can I interrupt you for Go just ahead. a second? Yes. Rotoscoping is just a fancy term for tracing. Um, well, the, that's the the rotoscoping is the type of animation they did. Yes, I'm sorry. Well, the pan the panoramic shots was this the scenes. Rotoscoping was how they did how filmation did Tarzan running. Uh, yeah, yeah. They but did rotoscoping in He-Man, uh, the the Lord of the Rings cartoon. They they filmation did it a lot. Um, they also did it most famously in a cartoon called Fire and Ice, uh, which was an animated film, I believe, based on Frank Facetta works. Right. It was also yeah, done. It was also done in the original animated uh, Lord of the Rings uh, feature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just I just find it funny how people accept rotoscoping as a as as a as being okay, but uh, you know, every other every in, other in form of uh, yeah, in animation is okay. If we did it for uh, our comic work, we'd be vilified. But see, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. Like for instance, Greg Land uses a lot of photographic reference, right? And if you look at his artwork, there's no way that he's uh, tracing those certain shots specific exact traces to create his illustrations right he's obviously just using them as you know to capture a um uh emotion or or, or facial expression um but for the most part i mean he is drawing i mean the man i see i i don't th i don't find anything wrong with using photo reference to obtain the shot you're looking for uh, there isn't not, anything wrong with you're it. You're not tracing it. You're not, especially even 
even if you were tracing a photograph, especially a photograph you took, there's really mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that either. If you're tracing somebody else's artwork, there's the fucking problem. Listen, in my artwork, um, I've used rotoscoping. I've used projector sure, work. I have too. But at, but at the end of the day... It's, it's um, just another I, tool. I, exactly, exactly. I can do it with or I can do it without. And if I'm on a time crunch, guess what? Oh, hell yeah. When you've got deadlines um, to meet, it's, it's a, a perfect way to shave hours off of your work. Now, if I was an artist out there producing work strictly using uh, these methods, then I might have some criticism. Uh, well, but, if that, well, if that was all you did, then right. there's something wrong with it. But I'm at conventions. I don't have uh, these tools at my disposal. Right. You know, I, I, these people come up to me with requests on the spot. You know, you just got to sit there and, and, and do it. I mean, either you can or you can't. And uh, rotoscoping is just a tool. Animation not to be sent overseas and, and to create all those episodes. I don't, I don't understand how more cartoons weren't rotoscoped. Tarzan. Okay, so you're number six. My number six, again, is questionable. Uh, it's the Transformers. Transformers? More than meets the eye. Right. I think they were another after-school cartoon. See? So, quickly on Transformers, then. Uh, they were uh, an alien uh, race that came to uh, Earth. They were robotic, in a sense, but they were sentient beings. And there were robots that were able to um, transform into vehicles or other things. So uh, there were the Autobots, good guys. They could transform into cars. And then there were the bad guys called the Decepticons. And they usually transformed into um, planes or something that could fly. Uh, the leader of the Autobots was Optimus Prime. He was a big uh, semi-truck. Leader of uh, the Decepticons was Megatron. He transformed into a handgun, actually. Nothing more evil uh, than that. I'm sorry? Nothing more evil than that. Right. Well, actually, uh, his toy got banned for a while because it was a very realistic gun. Yeah. Um, and Boy, his character nowadays now. was changed to um, a tank or something. But uh, I love the Transformers. Um, I didn't get a lot of Transformer toys because they were pricier. And um, But I did have some. And the cartoon was great. And the cartoon was just like uh, a lot of the other uh, cartoons on this list. There were strong, heroic figures fighting against evildoers. And, uh, you know, good triumphing over uh, evil. Over evil. It was good stuff. When, when um, they followed the comics code. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my backup you'll like and that's uh, the, uh, Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling <laughs> so uh, they had a cartoon of fucking wrestling and it came out in 1985 it lasted two seasons and it was all the great uh, wrestlers and they were the, the thing about wrestling 
I was into it when I was a kid because of what it was then. You know, it's not that now. No. And it, it was fun, innocent uh, characters, you know, over-the-top characters where, you know, I never sat there watching a wrestling bout worrying about someone's safety or whatever. I, as a kid, I knew this was a good guy. This was a bad guy. They're going to fight. Good guy is going to triumph. That was it. Well, and, and that's what it was when, like, when we were kids. Wrestling was like a live-action comic book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this cartoon uh, would group the bad guys together, and they were a team, and good guys together, and they were a team. And it was just, and they were always comedic cartoons. They were just funny and good, lighthearted stuff. I mean, it was great. Um, I don't remember if the good guys formed a, a band, like if they played music. Oh, I don't know. They might have, because it, was, it wasn't it called the Rock and Wrestling? Yeah, but I don't remember that. So that's why I don't understand that part of it. The other day, I was watching, uh, I was going through YouTube, and a, and a, and a Cindy Lauper music video popped up, and it was for the movie Goonies. Goonies, but, yeah, good enough. But the intro of that video is WWF wrestlers. You had yeah. uh, Piper in there. You had uh, um, Captain Lou Albano. Who else was in there? Freddie Blassie, Mr. Fuji. Yeah. 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 The Sheik. The Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov. Yep. Yeah. And there were such colorful characters. I mean, that's that's when I could enjoy wrestling. I mean, I was a kid, and that's what I wanted. I mean, it, it was good. I, I liked the cartoon as well. I liked the cartoon probably more than actual wrestling. Because, really? again... We did have WWF uh, Saturday mornings, and it would piss me off to no end. I, it, it already had a, a strike against it for being live action during cartoon time. <laughs> but the biggest part uh, that would piss me off is the wrestlers would never wrestle, like the main wrestlers would never wrestle each other during this. Right. Uh, they always wrestle jobbers, they, yeah. Right. And I didn't, I, I hated that. Hated that. They saved that. You wanted to see the, the, the big-name guys wrestle each other. You had to buy a ticket. Right. That was right. brilliant marketing. Well, I think they're doing just fine doing the opposite right now. Well, I used to buy tickets. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I, got I, my dad, I got my dad to bring me to wrestling because I wanted to see Hulk Hogan fight uh, Paul Orndorff. My first wrestling uh, outing, I was a teenager – I went with friends and I went, it was WCW. I never went to a WWF. uh, I I think my time with you might've been the first time. Really? It was your first time going to WWF? (laughs) Yeah. WWE? Yeah. Hmm. That was a fun, that was a fun show. I had a good time with that. Yeah, it was good. Number five. Number five, okay. Uh, Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour. Uh, the Looney Tunes. Uh, it was that was another cartoon difficult not to put on my list. But Saturday mornings, I reserve. You know, like I couldn't miss these shows. Looney Tunes was always on somewhere, and I was able to watch it. So I never felt like I had to watch it on Saturday morning. 
See, I loved Bugs Bunny. He's always been one of my favorites. As a matter of fact, one of the first things I did when the quarantine started was pull out my big Bugs Bunny box set. And I started watching Bugs Bunny cartoons while I was working. Have you seen anything of the new cartoons coming? No. I don't pay attention to a lot of the rehashed uh, newer stuff. You know, the the rehashes of, of classic cartoons. Well, it's not CGI. Oh, no? No. Um, I don't think they got Bugs' voice just right. Well. So that's a, that's a little off-putting. Uh, the animation style is kind of reminiscent of not like kind of the earlier stuff where Bugs's head was kind of slopey. Okay. And my, my biggest complaint is he's wearing yellow gloves. He's wearing yellow gloves. Well, he used to wear yellow gloves. Did he? They weren't always white. No, real early on, like at the very beginning, he had yellow. Okay, gloves. well, they're paying homage to that, I guess. I guess. Wow. But um I'll have to check this the, out. The cartoon uh is reminiscent of the classic Looney Tunes stuff. So a lot of uh slapsticky stuff. Oh well maybe I'll give it a try. Um violence without anyone getting hurt. <laughs> Love it. Well it hasn't come out yet. I just saw a snippet. Well I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for it. It gives me hope. No, the Looney Tunes is always great. You know, uh, growing up, I always felt like there was a camp between the Disney folk and the WB folk. And I always felt I fell into the WB side. Yeah, me too. It's kind of like a Marvel DC thing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. I, I, always, I always identified as a Marvel guy, and I always identified as a Warner Brothers guy. It, it really campers which bathroom I can use. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number five is Voltron. Voltron! Was that on Saturday mornings? Wasn't it? Come on, man. I, I think these are all these were all the after-school cartoons. I don't remember. See, but then again, I don't know. I, was, I didn't grow up here. I looked so maybe, and I looked. You and might have had him on Saturday morning. I don't really have a backup for Voltron because I was pretty sure he was a Saturday morning. But if I had to pick one, uh, fuck, I get, I know what I'll pick. Okay, so Voltron, real quick, is um, oh shit, all I cared about was the robot aspect of it. So yeah. you had five lion robotic lions vehicles essentially that five people piloted, but they could come together to form a giant robot to fight giant monsters in space. It was, it was amazing. I loved Voltron. Loved it. Still do. But if I have to pick uh, uh, a backup, it would be the Littles. The Littles. Wow, I remember that one. So the Littles uh, was definitely a Saturday morning cartoon. It came on on ABC. And it was about these little uh, people, little creatures that lived in like 
a mouse hole in someone's house. And they kind of had mouse features to them. And, and uh, mousey looking, elfish, mousey. Yeah. And uh, this isn't, you know, again, this isn't a manly cartoon. But again, keep in mind, folks, I'm a little kid here. And uh, <laughs> it was still good hearted entertainment. I like the littles. Four for you, Four. sir. Four. Okay. Flash Gordon. Uh, this was another filmation cartoon that used the rotoscoping and it had Flash on Mongo uh, and he uh, early on, the thing I liked a lot about this cartoon was it was done like uh, the old Saturday morning serials that they would show at the at the movie theater where each cartoon, it was a half hour cartoon but it was broken into two parts, and each part had its own little story. And it started at the, you know, the first episode uh, started with Flash Gordon crashing on Mongo, and and the story moved forward constantly. So if you missed a week, you missed part of the story. Ah. Uh, and he had for kids. Yeah, so it was. I mean, it was really good. It was a good, and it was a good story. It was well done. Um, you know, he had uh, uh, this lion man with him that was, you know, his like Chewy, and they'd run into all these different uh, alien beings, and you know, he's trying to fight to find Dale Arden and save her and get off the planet and. It was just, you know, if you were a fan of Flash Gordon, this was a fantastic cartoon. And the, they had a toy line that tied into this one, and the toys were great. So that's a cartoon you can find on Tubi if you want to look it up. Yeah, well, I, uh, yeah, this is definitely one I would look up. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's well worth it. Uh, I believe I have it on DVD because I liked it so much. I never watched the cartoon, like I ever. I don't think. Oh, it's so good. I gotta watch. It. I'm I gonna like, watch it again and see if it still holds up. But it was a really good cartoon. I like the movie. Do you know why George Lucas made Star Wars? Why? Uh, because he couldn't make Flash Gordon. Really? He was hired to do Flash Gordon first, and then he got canned, or he lost the rights to Flash Gordon. So he said, F it, I'm just going to make my own. Huh. I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, four for me is uh, thir- the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. The 13, you know, I, I, uh, I, like I said before, I was a big Scooby-Doo fan. Um, but I never watched the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Now, you're going to kick yourself for not doing so because one thing or one of the things that drew me to this was the fact that the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo had Vincent Price in it. Really? As, as a regular. Oh, wow. So, uh, the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo uh, was 1985 and only lasted one season. But this fixed my problem with the Scooby-Doo franchise or cartoons. 
I hated the fact that the monsters were not real. Right. Hated. Um, every time they pulled off a mask, I was like, oh, it's not real. <laughs> you know, as a kid, it's like telling me Santa Claus is not real. You know what I mean? Right. And the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo not only had Vincent Price, but also real monsters. The monsters were real. Um, it didn't have the full gang. In this uh, series, it was Shaggy, Scooby, Daphne. Um, and then they introduced like a new kid, like uh, um, I don't know if he was a little Mexican boy or a little Indian boy, but he was a he was a diverse character added to the show. And I think it also had Scrappy. And uh, what they did him. is let me at him. <laughs> I hated Scrappy. I couldn't stand Scrappy. Um, but what they did was, uh, I guess they opened a chest of Vincent Price's and let out these 13 ghosts or demons. And so the whole series of, was them, uh, trying to get these ghosts or demons back into the chest. Huh. Well, and, uh, I liked it a lot. I just ordered them on Amazon, so... <laughs> So it solved two problems for me. Well, no, it solved one problem for me and gave me uh, Vincent Price as a bonus. That, yeah, that's that's awesome. Vincent Price was a regular. Yeah, yeah. Definitely got to check that out. I think by the time that came on, uh, it was on opposite other things I was watching. Uh, you know, in 80, 80 what did you say, 84, 85 that was on? 85. 85. So I was, I was what? Uh, 14 years old, 15 years old. So, yeah, 16 yeah. years old. Yeah, so I was 15 years old then, so I was uh, I was definitely looking at more older stuff. Okay, uh, number where, four. Number four? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. No, we did number Or you on number three. That was my number four. Okay. Yeah, you're number three. three for me is Super Friends. Ah. In all its carnations, I'm not uh, incarnations. I'm not gonna select any one. Although I was a big fan of Challenge of the Super Friends with the Legion of Doom. I think that yes. might have been my favorite because it had all those awesome villains. I um, like the later year stuff because it, it was including a lot of the stuff that was going on in the comics and the characters. Right. The super. The uh, the superpowers, Super Friends, uh, Legends of the Superpowers show. Yeah, something like that. You had Firestorm in that uh, yes. rendition and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. The, uh, the, the previous two versions, they had Super Friends and then the all-new Super Friends Hour. Uh, Super Friends had Marvin and Wendy, who were two teenagers who were supposed to be superheroes in training, but they just got into trouble. And then in the all-new Super Friends Hour, you had Jan and Jace, the space twins, who could turn into uh, the flying animal and the bucket of water. Which I don't know how great of a power it was turning into water, but, you know, whatever. But they never fought the villains from the comic books. And that always bothered me. 
But when, huh. but when Challenge of the Super Friends came out, that was it. I was, I was all in. That was the best thing ever. Well, I can't talk too much uh, about this choice because I need to talk about them a little bit later. Okay, so what was your number three then? Uh, my number three, and I think you're going to have the same problem here, is Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yeah. Well, you know what? We could tie this in because that's my number two. Okay. So, so Spider-Man and his amazing friends is a controversial pick on my list. Um, because for whatever reason, when this show first came out, it did not air in Detroit. Really? I would get a comic book and they would have this full spread center spread of the NBC lineup of Saturday morning cartoons. And on this fucking spread would be the Smurfs would be Mr. T, but more importantly would be. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And it would even it would even list the times in the comic. So I knew. Yep. I knew. So I'd wake up. I'm like, yep, there's Smurfs. Yep, Mr. T. All right, here it comes. And it wasn't fucking on. What did they it, put on instead? I don't remember. I want to say it was something stupid like Saved by the Bell or 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 something. But there were I I, I I, I stumbled across the reason it didn't air here, but I don't remember the reason. It was a oh. while ago. And I and I tried looking for it again for this, but I couldn't find it. It eventually did start airing Saturday mornings, but um, you know, it was past my you know, my impressionable years where this really should have been my my jam. Um, yeah. But uh when it first came out, it just did not air. Now, when I did finally get to start seeing the episodes, I mean, it was Spider-Man. And not only was it Spider-Man, it was, you know, the X-Men, you know, through Iceman and Firestar, whatever, Firestar. But uh, episodes that included, like, Doctor Doom or Green Goblin or the X-Men, I mean, that was just, that was so amazing to see on the screen out of the book and uh i love that show it's another one of those shows that doesn't exactly hold up today <laughs> yeah yeah but i felt but, the, uh, i felt the same way it was it gave me everything i wanted as far as other heroes it gave me villains that i recognized he wasn't just fighting uh you know some joe schmo bank robber he'd fight the Sandman, or he'd fight the the Beetle, or you know, they right. were he was fighting super powered people, and it it just it made it a lot more fun. And then the fact that he had friends with him that he'd go on these adventures with made it that much more fun because I had friends that I used to go and, and you know we'd go out and we'd we'd do yeah. we'd do things. So you know it it only you know made sense that the superhero would have super friends that he would go out and do stuff with. So right. I, I and, really like that. And that's a cartoon that uh, I've watched with hope. And the fact that, you know, the green goblin is a household name because of this cartoon is right. great. Yeah. Um, I think the whole amazing friends things was a play off of the uh, popularity of super friends. Oh, definitely. So um, I get it. Give them some friends. Um, 
I did find it silly that their apartment, like, you know, the TV screen or walls would move and these giant computers would well, pop out they, of. they had a, a explanation for all that. What was it? The explanation was Tony Stark had this, this uh, energy booster that was stolen by the Beatle. And uh, Spider-Man got it back f- uh, for Tony. And to repay him, they outfitted his apartment with all that stuff so they could fight crime better. This was an episode? Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Yep. Look for uh, look for the episode where they fight the Beatle. Wow. That's awesome. And I even remember the narration by Stan Lee. Many of you kids wonder where they got all that great gadgets. So the other Spider-Man cartoon, the one that predated this, wasn't uh, your generation, wasn't your timing? It was. Um, well, there was the one in the 60s, and then that I used to watch reruns of that uh, on weekdays after school. Uh, and then they had another Spider-Man cartoon before it was Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends. Didn't they have a Spider-Woman cartoon? Yep, they had a Spider-Woman cartoon also. Huh. And the thing, I, I didn't mind the Spider-Woman cartoon, except at some point she had this stupid little creature sidekick. That thing I couldn't stand, and that turned me off of the cartoon. Yeah, I don't remember I, it much. I hated dopey sidekick things. <laughs> Even as a kid. Ugh. Um, my number two is Super Friends. Okay. And I think uh, our order would have been more in sync had um, had I had uh, Sp- Spider-Man and Amazing Friends readily available. When you were younger. Yeah. So Super Friends was great. I mean, it was it was my access to superheroes. Again, I th- at a younger age, I didn't have access to the comics. I wasn't reading the comics. But I loved these characters. Batman and Robin, Superman, early on, like you said, with um, uh, the uh, the civilians in training or whatever. In that, Didn't they have a dopey dog, too? Yeah. Uh, Marvin and Wendy had a dog named yeah. Wonder Mutt. And Jan and Jace had... Had a monkey. space monkey blip. Oh, bleep. Yeah. Bleep. No, I remember Jan and Jace. And, um, but I really liked uh, The Legion of Doom. And then I liked the series after that, whatever it was called. Because I love Darkseid. I love uh, Firestorm. They had, uh, they had Cyborg in there. It was just like a little more mature. Right towards the end and uh it was just again comic book characters on a screen i know you guys are spoiled now you guys get major blockbuster movies but at the time this was it and it was great to see okay your number one is thundar the barbarian i knew it I was waiting for it. <laughs> I, I was surprised, but that surprises me as well. Because I, I, w- once I started figuring out what your list was, 
I was like, okay, it's going to be these two are coming up. And then now it's down to one, and I had it down to two different things. It was either going to be Thundar or Space Ghost. Well, Space Ghost was – Space Ghost really was before my time. He originally aired in the early 60s. Okay. And uh, I did get to see him uh, on Saturday mornings, but it was – they were reruns. Okay. So I didn't really count that. Um, but, yeah, Thunder the Barbarian, I was all about it. Uh, a post-apocalyptic world where science and magic meld together. And it was just everything as a comic book fan, as a sci-fi fan, it was everything I could have ever hoped for. And on top of that, Jack Kirby had done character designs for it. And well, what year did that come out? Uh, Thunder the Barbarian came out. See, I don't have, I didn't get the information to Thunder. Because uh, to me, that's got to be like a that, direct ripoff of Star Wars. It came out. You have a lightsaber. You have Chewbacca. He had a sun sword. <laughs> and yes, it was, it was a ripoff of, it fit the, the, the that mold of the big monster sidekick. The same thing with Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon had that Lion Man sidekick because of right. Chewbacca. And that's what they were trying to, to copy. But yes, uh, Thundar came out after after uh, Star Wars. It had come out in the early 80s. I want to say 80, 82 or 83. And I remember that was the last cartoon I would watch because it would air at like 12 or 1230. I'd watch that and then I'd run outside to go play baseball or whatever. Thundar was 1980. Lasted for two seasons. Oh, 1980? Really? That early? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Oh God, I love Thunder the Barbarian. Yeah, I never watched it. Even though it looked like something I would be into. But at the time, you know, 1980, I'm... I'm four years old. Yeah, it might have been so a little probably... tricky at that point. Yeah. That's your number one, eh? That's my number one. And your number My one. number one, and I just so happen to be wearing a t-shirt of it. My number one is going to be a controversial pick. Another controversial pick. Yeah, because it's one of those that... It could have been an afternoon show, but I distinctly remember waking up for this damn show. And that's Thundercats. That was an afternoon show also. Fuck. Well, Thundercats apparently is my all-time favorite cartoon then. Um, I do have a backup. Uh, But Thundercats was great. I mean, it took something like... uh, a He-Man type story and kind of, and, and Transformers, you know, and the fact that they were a, a race from another planet coming to our earth, you know, the fact that, uh, they came to what they called third earth. Right. And, um, a lot of people think that was a different planet, but it was our planet. It was just the third age of man on that planet. And uh, they come to this planet. They were in incubation. The youngest was the heir to the throne. 
his uh, his stasis pod or whatever gets a crack. He ages. So you have this man ready to take uh, rule over this race uh, with like a 13-year-old's mind. And it was just great. The animation was great. Uh, the moral really stories were great. Uh, the characters were great. The villains were amazing. Uh, I loved this cartoon. Loved it. It was a Rankin Bass cartoon. They put out toy or LJN put out the toys. It was spot on. Everything, everything I wanted at that age. Um, but my backup for those purists out there are the Snorks. Snorks. That's your number one pick. I told you my backups do not fall in line with. Oh, okay, okay, backups don't. <laughs> but the smork, the snorks, I I enjoyed quite a bit. I I might have in my number ten slot. I I struggled between the snorks and the smurfs because the snorks essentially are smurfs underwater. Right. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just really like the snorks. It was a fun cartoon. It was lighthearted. You know, it wasn't the the great good versus evil, even though it did have elements of that. Um, but you know, it was underwater. For me, if it was in, it was set in space. I liked it. It was set in water. I liked it because to me, you know, the depths of our oceans might as well be space. You know, yeah, that's that's true. So I dug that show a lot. I, uh, now, I, I had, honestly I, say I've never seen the Snorks. Really? It was I've good. I've never watched it. Now, I have honorable mentions, but my honorable mentions aren't cartoons, because I have a full fucking list of cartoons for honorable uh, yeah, mentions. My, my, well, one of my honorable mentions was uh, Dungeons & Dragons. But my other right. honorable mentions are live action. Okay, well, that's the thing. I've got two live action honorable mentions. Um, but for cartoons, I, it's hard because, you know, I've, I've got stuff on here like Yogi Bear, um, Bionic 6, and then there's funny things like there was an ALF cartoon that I loved. There was Super Mario Brothers where Captain Lou Albano was Mario. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Shazam! I remember being a very young kid watching Shazam, like three, Shazam. four years yeah. old. Yeah. Yeah. So. I uh, a big Shazam. Shazam. But you go ahead with your uh, live action honorable mentions. Okay, well, my live action honorable mentions are Shazam and Isis. The Shazam <laughs> and Isis Power Hour, I think it was called. Uh, let me double check here. Um, Shazam and Isis Hour. So okay. Isis was was a, a female version of Shazam, pretty much. Uh, she was created just for the television show. And, uh, you know, they had very similar type shows where they would uh, come across somebody doing something wrong and they'd right the wrong. It was, you know, the moral, the moral compass uh, formula. You know, that was the uh, second other... time in our history that 
Shazam or Captain Marvel was more popular than Superman? There was a time, yeah. It's amazing. There was a time All right. when, when, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Land of the Lost is on my honorable mentions. <laughs> I couldn't watch uh, that. Oh, God, I loved it. There were times uh, where I did, but I didn't enjoy it. Really? Oh, I used to nope. love the Sleet Stack. How did you not like the Sleet Stack? The, those are the lizard men? Yeah. <laughs> God, I love that show. Okay, there was a show called The Croft Super Show. And it was hosted by what they called a rock band called Captain Cool and the Kongs. And it was a guy with three women. And they they sang these stupid songs. But during their show, they would have these other uh, like they would they were like horror show hosts almost, but for these these little like science fiction shows. So the shows that they had on, there was Doctor Shrinker. uh, He was a, a mad scientist who shrunk these people down, and every week they were trying to escape and and get themselves uh you know unshrunk Uh, i am vaguely remembering this i can remember the theme song even keep going dr shrinker dr shrinker he's a madman with an evil mind dr shrinker Uh, Electro Woman and Dyna Girl was another one, and they were, you know, a superhero and the sidekick, kind of like Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. The Lost Saucer, which was uh, John Denver, who played Gilligan, and a comedic voice actor named. Oh, fuck, it bothers me that I don't remember his name because the guy was brilliant. He just died about three years ago too. I can't remember his name. Anyway, they're on a, a they were on a spaceship, and Gilligan fell into the controls, knocked the spaceship off course, and they would fly around and land on different planets and solve some sort of problem for the locals, and then they take off again and try to get home. And wow. the and then another one that was on was called Bigfoot and Wild Boy. And I I think I remember that. And it was Bigfoot raised this this orphan child, and he was Wild Boy, and they'd run around fighting crime. <laughs> now, we had in New York on Sunday morning, they had a block of shows, and I believe it was on CBS, and it was like two hours of live action uh, shows for kids. They had Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, The Lost Saucer, uh, I want to tell you this other one before I really... The Far Out Space Nuts, and Ghostbusters. Now, this Ghostbusters was... uh, Do you remember a TV show called F Troop? Uh, A little bit. Well, the the two lead guys from F Troop, uh, 
they were on, they were in this show, Ghostbusters, and they were detectives who would hunt ghosts. And they had a third guy who was a gorilla. So it was just a man in a gorilla costume. Oh, and they made a cartoon for that. They did make a cartoon for this, they, but they made it after the other Ghostbusters came out. Right. And so the, I remember this because uh, they sold the rights for the movie. So when the movie wanted to make a cartoon, they had to call themselves the real Ghostbusters. The real Ghostbusters, right. Because this original Ghostbusters cartoon existed. Right. So it started off as a live action show. It was it was a live action show, and it I was, had no it was idea about that slapstick comedy. It was it was good. I have a DVD of these also. I'll have to I'll have to lend it to you. Um, Funny, but yeah, it was. Um, and the guy who played the gorilla was one of Hollywood's most noted horror and science fiction film historians, which I thought was funny. Huh. But yeah, it was a, a very, very entertaining show uh, as a child. All right. Well, I've got three live action honorable mentions, maybe four. So, um, no, it'll be three because I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, so, Saturday mornings, sometimes, or maybe it was Sunday morning, we had the science guy. Now, I didn't have Bill, Bill Nye. Nye the Science Guy. I did not have Bill, Bill Nye. Nye. Oh, no? Is that who you had? You had Bill Nye the Science Guy, yeah. Yeah, we had someone different. I can't remember his name. That's why I don't even want to mention him. Oh, Yeah, we had someone different. They would. He would bring on like a couple kids with him, and they would do an experiment. It wouldn't be a full show. They were like little bumpers. Did he keep his pants on? Yeah, he kept his pants on. So, uh, number three spot, and this was a tough to even put it on here, but uh, I can't deny that it was a part of my adolescence, and that was Saved by the Bell. Oh, you know what? Another show that was very popular that I never, ever watched. Now, I hated Saved by the Bell. (laughs) I hated it because I knew it meant, all right, cartoons are pretty much over this is it it came out at like 11 11 30 so you knew you were done so i hated it for the fact that it let me know that i'm done and that again it's live action when they could have tossed in another cartoon (laughs) but there was nothing better to watch at the time and i did watch it and uh it was okay but again, I hate it for the reasons that it it, it, it heralded the ending of my cartoons and um, a wasted spot, wasted opportunity. Two is when WWE would have, or WWF, I'm sorry. It was WWF at the time when they would have wrestling on because I didn't have cable growing up. We definitely did not order pay-per-views. And this was pretty much my only um, access to wrestling was the Saturday morning uh, episode. But again, when it was on, it was towards the end. So again, it heralded the ending of cartoons and then it took another time slot from a cartoon. (laughs) Now, number one, and 
It was amazing. But you would hear this, and you would know what's coming. Full claymation opening. Do you know what this is? No idea. No idea, wow. How about now? After that laugh? Nope, no idea. It is Pleewee's Playhouse. So, when Pee-wee came on, I didn't have those, uh, I didn't feel bad. I, di I didn't get angry. I actually enjoyed it. Because he was kind of like a cartoon. Well, yeah. And they would even have cartoons on it. They used to do Penny's cartoons. Right. And it would be these super old, inappropriate cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you had so many people on there, like Lawrence Fishburne and Phil Hartman. Yeah. And uh, it was just, it was just a great, absurd children's show. You know how that show started, don't you? Well, it, well, it was his act. Well, it was a it was a, a stage performance. And yeah, it was, it was done for adults, and it was very like sexual innuendo and all. That. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, when Pee Wee came out, I, I don't know what year that was. I didn't look that one up. Um, I was a little bit older. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't too young. So I kind of knew that the stage performance was a little raunchier. And that that made the show even better, you know, <laughs> that this was an adult thing for me. Right. Came out in, oh my God, it started in 1986 and lasted five seasons. Wow. So I was nine years old. Wow, I thought I was older when this came out. Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh, John B. the Genie. <laughs> Hi, John B. <laughs> oh, Miss Yvonne. Yep. She was hottie. Oh, I probably <laughs> spanked it to Miss Yvonne at some point. You probably did. You probably will again. When... Oh, this isn't an honorable mention, and this isn't doesn't even have anything to do with Saturday morning cartoons, but I remember being a kid, and I would go to bed uh, on the weekend, maybe Friday nights, maybe Saturday nights, but I would go to bed, and this is what would be on my TV. It would be Star Trek. I didn't enjoy Star Trek, but it was on, so I watched it. But either right, bef I think it was right before it, 
was Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Oh yeah, see, I used to get that uh, Saturday afternoons. I'd get, I'd oh. watch regular wrestling, and then I changed channels and I'd watch uh, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. No, it came on late for me. It came on late. Sundays, like I know you mentioned some of this stuff is on Sunday mornings. Uh, I remember watching like just old TV shows like Gilligan's Island or or Adam's Family, stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the creature features as the as the afternoon approached. Oh. So this this whole uh, ranking has taught me two things. Was it although we're one, although we're only a few years apart in age, we are decades apart. <laughs> and two, fuck, I miss I I miss being a kid, man. Miss being a kid. It's not that I miss being a kid. I miss my childhood. Uh, that's it. That's it. Tony, yeah. I just turned 43 years old. Awesome. Oh, I, 43 years old. Yesterday was my birthday. Happy birthday. You already told me that. Don't, don't uh, lead our audience on and make them think you care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I can't stand birthdays. But uh, unless you're unless you're a little kid, you shouldn't be celebrating birthdays. But so much time has gone by. And it's just I just want to get back to that innocent time. And I want that for my kids as well. Yeah. I hate the fact that they walk around with a computer more powerful than any computer I had in my teens. Yeah. I didn't, you know, they have the whole world, all the knowledge they need at their fingertips. Literally. And it, and it makes them different. It makes their adolescence They're different. They're jaded at yeah. a young age. Yes. Oh. Like I said, I would, I would pick up my family and raise them in the 80s if I could. That was a glorious time. I made so much fucking money in the 80s. God. But you know what? I would be down here Saturday mornings with them with my bowl of cereal. Oh, hell yeah. Given the opportunity? I, I, like I said, 51 years old. I would kill to have my kids sit and watch cartoons with me. <laughs> so what killed Saturday morning cartoons? Is it <sighs> just the regulations? It's, is it the fact that cable TV gives you cartoons whenever you want? I think it was a it was a combination of I don't I don't think it was so much the regulations because if just like anything else if you're making money doing something you're going to continue doing it regardless. Well, I, I don't. Think I think that, I the regulations have more to do it do with it than you think because there is Saturday morning cart or uh, programming geared toward children on the uh, on the major networks but they're all live action like animal shows they have to be educational yes. and they yes um so i think that had something to do with it uh there are not that many of those shows though there's a couple there's really right you know when you when you look at it at, like when we were young it was five six hours of programming now it's every you know, single network yeah, now it's it's an hour, maybe an hour and a half. 
Right. Um, but I think it was a it was a combination of cable uh, to where you know there were stations that would specialize in stuff, and uh, the the twenty four hour news cycle. I think channels wanted to have news on so mm. that they would have people watching. They wanted to get that that money demographic, the the eighteen to thirty four. They... It was money. A, a lot of it had to do with money. I, I believe I read somewhere that uh, when the transition happened, that networks were making more money running an infomercial yep. than airing a cartoon. Yeah. That's what Saturday mornings were like for me. I remember the infomercials. Or yeah. Sunday mornings, I'm sorry. I remember Saturday afternoons were nothing but infomercials. That's what, yeah, that's what yeah. used to go on. We'd have, I think you had like two hours of infomercials after, if you weren't watching wrestling, you were watching infomercials. And then the afternoon uh, programming would start where you'd have movies and things like that. Oh, or sports. Man. So my number one cartoon, the Thundercats, has been remade on the Cartoon Network. Again, this is its third iteration. Right. But this new iteration makes it like um, Steven Universe. Uh. It looks horrible. It's slapsticky. None of it's serious. No, I hate that. They're they're like fifteen minute episodes as well. They're super short. And uh, I'll watch them with Annabelle just because nostalgia. But she loves them. Really? She loves the ridiculousness of them. Ugh. That's too bad. I know. I know. So is there anything else you'd like to say about Saturday morning cartoons? They were the best. (laughs) They were. I'm going to uh I'm going to start I'm going to go through uh YouTube and post some of the the opening sequences to some of my favorite uh cartoons on our our Facebook page while oh, we're, yeah. while we're prepping to get this this episode up. Um, so in preparation for this episode, I was watching someone did it. It's every single 80s cartoon opening. It's not just Saturday mornings. And uh, there's four parts to it, and each part is close to two hours. So I, I and Hope loves it. She would she laid on the on on the floor, her hand her head in her hands, her 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 feet up in the air, and she would love watching these damn openings. And she just watched openings. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, because of that. Um, I had to start looking for stuff like Rainbow Bright, uh, Care Bears, stuff like that she wanted to watch. And again, because of nostalgia, I can stomach those more than I can stomach the newer stuff she watches. Yeah. So I'm happy to do it. That's funny. Yeah, you'll find a lot of stuff on YouTube. Yeah, I I think I'm ready to jump down that rabbit hole. It's going to be a rabbit hole for sure. All right, folks. Those are our cartoon lists. 
we're gonna have to we have to come up with a really good show next time to uh, to kind of top feed this. off of this one. Yeah. Well, I, was I, did thinking, find, I, was thinking. I did find a, a uh, an article uh, a star on about Star Wars that I wanted okay. to discuss. You want to do it at this show or the next show? No, no another show because it's this, okay. It, we're gonna we're gonna open up a can of worms with this, I think. <laughs> well, I was gonna suggest like we could do a ranking because although to say what your favorite uh, gangster movies or mob movies are. They're going to be the same ones that are mine, but we can place them in order how we enjoy them so yeah. we can rank them. We could do that. Uh, but if you want to do a Star Wars episode, we can rank the Star Wars movies as well. Well, we could do that also. And now, then I, that haven't, way you can... I haven't watched the cartoons, though, so it would have to just be the the movies. Okay. Yeah, that would be fine. Let's do that next episode so that way you can get your article. Okay, good. All right, guys. So next episode, we're going to rank the Star Wars movies. They have to be uh, full feature films. No cartoons. No cartoons. No books. No holiday special. (laughs) No holiday special. (laughs) We'd have no Boba Fett if it wasn't for a holiday special. Oh, I love the holiday special. But it just, it was a, a TV special, it wasn't a movie. Right. I loved whenever, like, Mark Hamill, or like, when they had C-3PO on, uh, The Muppet. Yes. Huh? That was really cool. But alright, we, we'll end up starting another episode if we don't stop. <laughs> alright, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Bill Bukowski. I'm Tony Maiello. We'll talk to you later. Oh.